You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Friends, always remember... As I pull it up to make sure that I read it just the correct way. When you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time, folks. Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. 855-2124-227. Send the tweets. Send the hot takes. At Ken Carmen. C-A-R-M-A-N. Brandon Marcello going to join us. National College Football Reporter, 24-7 Sports. He's up at 12.40 p.m. Eastern, 9.40 a.m. Pacific. Also, worker shoot at 12.20 p.m. Eastern. And the most satisfying, the most disappointing seasons of 2021, for 2020, I should say, in 2021, for the 2020 NFL season. Boom, there we go. My five most disappointing, my five most satisfying, that coming up at 1.20 p.m. Eastern. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. There's about to be something real uncomfortable going on, and that's coming up here momentarily. Tim Tebow got me thinking, though. Connor, how the hell are you? I'm doing good, Ken. How about you? I may ask you to throw in an opinion here in a moment. I'm doing well. But Tim Tebow, he got me thinking about something. I like Tim Tebow, and I'll tell you why. I didn't care about – I love that he was politicized. I don't care about his politics. I think that Tim Tebow's honestly a good guy. I think Tim Tebow's been a good guy his entire life and has tried to do the right thing. I know that he is the guy to me. I know I like him so much because I know I probably disagree with a lot of stances he may take politically, but I know he's a good person. And I know I feel Tim Tebow, if we were to get into a discussion, we would hear each other out and there'd be a discourse. People don't want to do that. You get on social media, they, there's no such thing as discourse in 180 or 240 characters or whatever it is. There's no such thing as that. There's no such thing as a back and forth. And I think a guy like Tim Tebow bothers a lot of people. I don't know why. I don't aspire to live the same life as Tim Tebow. Never have. Never would. But I respect where Tim Tebow comes from. And I think there's because he's such a good guy. There's a lot of people who feel there's got to be a seedy underbelly. We've been around this thing for 33, 34 years. Doesn't seem like there is. Seems like what you see is what you get with Tim Tebow. Good person trying to make the world better. And I liked him for another reason because he was so polarizing for sports. In football, he won games. He was a game over 500. I, yeah, I, I, okay, got it. I know. Yeah, wins don't court. Yeah, I, yeah, I got it. Wins don't count for quarterbacks. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I know. You're screaming at your radio right now. All right, got it. Cool. He did win some games. Did win some big games. Arguably the greatest college football player ever. Arguably the greatest college football player ever. But not that great of an NFL player. And then switched over, played baseball. 
and for all intents and purposes, was not that bad of a baseball player, wasn't that great, and people got mad. He's taken away a spot. Listen, if Tim Tebow's taken away your spot and you can't get picked up by one of the other 29 teams and their farm system, I don't know how to break it down to you, buddy. Maybe it just ain't going to work out for you. If, if Tim Tebow is what stops you from being the next Lou Gehrig, maybe you weren't set to be the next Lou Gehrig. If one spot out of coll- out of minor league baseball stops at, I don't know. Don't know what to tell you. Hated that argument then. I'm sure I'll hate it with another argument somewhere in the future. People use that against Michael Jordan, and yeah, I laughed and laughed and laughed then. But I liked Tim Tebow because it used to get those people in a dander. I wanted to see Tim Tebow. Now, this is one where you could use that argument. I wanted to see Tim Tebow. Why not give him a shot with the Mets? The Mets were a disaster at the time. Let's see him at the end of the season. Call him up. Let's see what he can do. Make him the moonlight Graham of the New York Mets. You want to pack City Field once? You'll get it. Tim Tebow up there in the bigs? Oh, you got to see it. You had to have seen it. You wanted to see it. Didn't happen. But I wanted it to happen. I wanted to get people worked up. I wanted to get people who took something like professional sports, professional baseball, something I I make my living doing or have in the past and make my living talking about, taking it a little bit too seriously. So many things I liked about him. And ultimately, still a good guy, probably just trying to make, in in his eyes, just trying to make the world a better place. It did get me thinking about something. And it wasn't just it wasn't just Michael Jordan or any of his stuff that he had in his career and how hard he worked and all that. For whatever reason, it, it made me think made me think of LeBron. Because we, we've had these discussions here and there in the past. LeBron has flirted with the idea before, and this is where I'm probably gonna bring in Connor at some point here, and I'll bring you in. 855-2124-CBS. LeBron is at 36 years old right now, I think is where his age is. Yeah. And I look back on his career, and now he's he's approaching a point. I heard C.J. McCollum in a podcast, and I think it was with Jordan Schultz, but I'm not sure. Jordan, Sh- Jordan Schultz is a good dude. C.J. McCollum a good dude as well. Where he looked at Tom Brady and said, Tom Brady's at 43 years old. He's going to play until he's 45. C.J. McCollum wouldn't be surprised if LeBron James played until he was 45. And damn it, I don't know if I'd be surprised either. Been waiting for the other shoe to drop for some time now that LeBron James would would finally start to come back down to earth. And there's still that possibility. I don't know if playing till that age, and especially in that sport like the NBA, I don't know, and and being at that level, like Tom Brady is at the age of 43, I don't know if that's still going to be the norm. I don't know if LeBron can do it. But I wonder if LeBron is capable of it. C.J. McCollum says he is. And now at 36 years old and, getting ready to go down the home stretch, even though we don't know how long that home stretch is going to be. It does make me look, go back and, and start to wonder, during the lockouts, what if he'd have actually done it? What if he would have done it? I know he was all state in high school as a wide receiver. I know he was recruited. I believe he was recruited. I don't know, but I believe he was recruited by Notre Dame in high school as a wide receiver. I've seen the video at him at the University of Akron at the Style Fieldhouse with he and Kevin Durant and all the other luminaries of basketball playing that flag football game at that fieldhouse at the University of Akron, probably the best football game that's taken place at the University of Akron in 20 years. 
and I saw him catch one in stride, and I haven't seen a guy run that fast. There'd be a lot of defensive backs that LeBron James, at his physical size, at 29 years old, say it would have happened when he was 28, 29 years old, when the lockouts were going on. If LeBron James at those ages would have just tried it, I just want to see what it would be like. I saw Tim Tebow play professional football. Wasn't the worst quarterback I ever saw, far from the best. I saw Tim Tebow play minor league baseball. He's not that high from the worst baseball player I ever see. I will admit that, but he was still playing professional baseball every day. Better, Certainly better than the worst baseball player I've ever seen, I'm sure of it. Just nowhere near the best. LeBron, physically, the best basketball player I've ever seen. I don't, let's not go down that road. Physically, the best basketball player I've ever seen. And now at 36, I know that that door's closed. It's a, it's a physical toll that you have to be taking. If you were going to do it, you had to do it in your 20s. You had to do it when your body could recover. You had to do it when, when there were so many other things that you possibly could have done. Now at 36, LeBron is stuck. But I wonder, and I still always will, what would LeBron do if he were to decide to be Deion Sanders? Just in a different fashion or Ainge, or any of the other ones. What would have, what would LeBron have done when I look at Tim Tebow, who's a good athlete in his own right, but LeBron at a totally different level and a totally different sport. What would LeBron have done had he had just decided, you know what, I'm with the Heat right now. It's my first year. People in Cleveland hate my guts. What if I decided to smooth things over we got ourselves a lockout, and I decided to sign a free agency. I don't even know if they could do something like this. I think you got to go through some sort of a draft process. I'm not sure, but let's just go with it for the hypothetical of it. If he says, you know what, let's smooth things over with the fine folks of Cleveland, Ohio. Let me sign with the Cleveland Browns. Connor, what would LeBron have done as a wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns? I think LeBron would have been great in the NFL if he did pursue that. I really think any sport LeBron James played, he would have been very, very good at it because there is not a single athlete in American sports that can compare physically to LeBron James. I saw Terrell Pryor catch 1,000 yards once. He was a 1,000-yard wide receiver in the NFL in one year. It was with a terrible football team. He was really the only option that they had to throw to, but Terrell Pryor had 1,000 yards receiving in one year in the NFL. That actually happened. Terrell Pryor's not the greatest football player on the face of the earth. He was a very good college player, certainly not the greatest football player on the face of the earth. If Terrell Pryor can get 1,000 yards with a bad Browns team, I just assume, and i got to go back in my memory, but I'm sure that was a bad Browns team at that time back in 2010. Actually, that wasn't a bad Browns team, now that I think about it. But he could have helped out. What would LeBron have done? What is Connor? What is successful? Like, what would have been a successful run for LeBron James as a football? And then remember, as a basketball player, where basketball butts into football, it starts in around, usually when we're not in a pandemic, starts around Halloween. So I think with the expectations for LeBron, for people to consider 
him successful as a receiver in the NFL, I think he would have to have a couple thousand-yard seasons and maybe a 10-plus touchdown season mixed in there because looking at LeBron James at six foot eight at his speed, people would have to assume that he would be a great NFL receiver. So if you were going to say he's successful and say he got drafted as an NFL player high in the draft as a receiver, I think he'd have to have a thousand-yard season, a couple thousand-yard seasons, and 10-plus touchdowns. What if? But what if he just decided to join a football team that year? He was already in his NFL career, had already played seven years, or excuse me, already in his NBA career, had already played seven years, already been to a finals. Everything is – he'd been there. He hadn't won one yet. Everything was the same. What's considered a, su- a successful run? Because then you have to make a decision. Because I, if you're LeBron, what you're gifted at, you're really gifted at is basketball. I think you're a gifted athlete and you can play, the NFL, play in the NFL – but what decision are you making at what time are you making it? Because if you're only playing till Halloween, you're only playing for half the season in the NFL. And you're not even playing the big part of the season in the NFL, which is the second half of the season, which Bo Jackson, he was able to do with the Raiders and with the Royals. And Al Davis had no problem with it because you were getting him from the home stretch. The same thing with Deion Sanders. You were getting Deion Sanders for the important NFL games while he was finishing up in the important Major League Baseball games. So I I would say then maybe a few big games here or there, a few games where he actually is legitimately contributing. I know people would have unfair expectations for him, even if he just picked up football out of nowhere. But I think if if he was able to go out and have a few big games before he then had to go play basketball and actually was an impact player in the games he played in, then I think you would have to deem him successful. I'd have to wonder what sports could LeBron play. Could he be a golfer? Could he be on the senior tour after the end of, after the end of his NBA career? Could he pick up sticks and be on the senior tour? Then Jerry, no, Tony Romo was going to be on the senior tour. Is there a possibility of that? For a year, trains. Could he be a golfer? I've I've seen the video of he, Chris Paul, and Kevin Durant bowling. Chris Paul, you can tell. Chris Paul grew up with bowlers. Was in a bowling family. Has the hook. Has the whole thing. Chris Paul probably knows the patterns, probably knows the cheetah pattern, probably knows the whole thing. Grew up watching PDW and Earl Anthony and Walter Ray Williams III, Parker Bone III, Norm Duke, the Mark Martin of bowling. Went right down there through the straight line through strikes. Hockey, I don't, I've never seen him on skates. Baseball, I think it'd probably be very bad. Somebody sent me a tweet. I couldn't agree more. I think I have seen LeBron try to play softball. Baseball is a specialized sport. I think that's very difficult. Very difficult. I don't know if he could do what Michael Jordan was able to do. What Michael Jordan did, while by, by professional baseball standards was not impressive, that was still impressive. But seeing Tim Tebow retire and seeing it, yeah, okay, it wasn't the best situation or wasn't the best career ever that he ever had in, in, in both the NFL and obviously in professional baseball. Just makes me wonder when I look at that guy at 36 years old, it does make me wish during a lockout season he might have just tried it, just dabbled in it, just to see what it was. Like when Brock Lesnar joined the Minnesota Vikings, at least I had proof. Hey, he's a great athlete, great, great amateur wrestler. Could he cut it in the NFL? Yeah, up and down, probably not. At least I had some proof, at least I knew. I always will feel like we kind of got robbed by that because I see a guy who was all state, recruited in football, 6'8", can run like the wind, 
could probably body up with any defensive back. I don't think I'm sending LeBron over the middle. And I think it would have been an even crazier story to tell than what LeBron can already tell. 855-2124-CBS. Brandon Marcella joining us, 1240 p.m. Eastern. Up next, work or shoot. It's Ken Carmen, CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. You like that, old man? You want a piece of me? I don't want a piece of you. I want the whole thing. On CBS Sports Radio. One of these days, Pirno's going to have to come up with the top five sports villains ever. I've done that before on Twitter. Shooter McGavin is probably number one. Shooter McGavin, Ernie McCracken, like probably one and two with the greatest sports villains of all time. Royals Academy sent the tweet. Best two-sport athlete right here, Mookie Betts. I did not know Mookie Betts bowled a 300 in the World Series of Bowling. Royals Academy, we thank you very much. Connor, we're just about set for work or shoot. How was your stay at the Waldorf Astoria? It was okay. It was all right. You know, I had uh, some pizza delivered to my door, watched really? a little TV, and then lights out by 9 p.m., so not too 9 bad. P- you fell asleep at 9 p.m. at a hotel? 9 p.m. at the hotel. I was tucked in, took a shower, was nice and warm, wow. tucked in, in bed, 9 p.m. Did you did you get on Bumble, Tinder, anything like that? Did you go swiping? You know, a little bit, Ken, but I don't go. get a lot of action on Bumble or Tinder, so it's unfortunate. Well, you know, keep keep working at it, okay, Connor? Love will get you when you least expect it, my friend. Are we ready for work or shoot? I'm ready, Ken. Away we go, baby. Let's hit it. All right, number one. First, the Eagles fired Doug Peterson, and now they no longer have Carson Wentz as well as Philly traded the former number two pick to the Colts for a third-round pick in 2021 and a conditional second-round pick in 2022. Wentz now reunites with former offensive coordinator Frank Reich, who he had his best years with in Philadelphia. So can work or shoot. Under Frank Reich, Carson Wentz will return to the player he once was, and the Colts will be a Super Bowl contender next season. You threw a lot at me there. Next season, right? You're saying next season? By next season, they'll be Super Bowl contenders. Now, I know we didn't do work or shoot last week, but we know what work or shoot is. Work or shoot is true or false, except it would be false or true because a work is false and a shoot is true. But I like wrestling so much and I want to switch it up because true or false is boring, so I decided to do work or shoot. I have to say that's a work. work. That's a work. That is definitely a work. I'm sorry. I, I think that he can be – I think he's a stiff now. That doesn't mean I think he's a stiff forever. But I think that Carson Wentz is absolutely a stiff right now. Um, but I think that he can come back to some form next year. Are they a Super Bowl contender? See, you threw in Super Bowl contender, and that's where I say no. I think they can be a playoff team next year. But I think you got to get Carson Wentz back on the right track. you got to get him centered back to zero, get him believing in himself again. Regardless of what I want to say about how maybe mentally weak he might be or or, or how, how emotional he is, I don't know. The Eagles didn't make it any better by putting a statue of the guy who was his, was his replacement out there and making him drive in every day and seeing it. Maybe you should have waited a little bit before you guys put a statue right out the facility like, like that. Maybe maybe just wait next time. I know Philadelphia loves their statues, but just wait for a second next time, all right? Maybe if you win another one, if it happens like that, hold off until the guys are actually done playing. Uh, but I, 
with with Frank Reich, I, I have so much faith in Frank Reich. I have so much respect for him. It's worked out. He's had four different quarterbacks now going into four years. Carson Wentz will be a starter. He got the best out of Jacoby Brissett, I think. I think he got the best. Out, he tried to get the best out of, uh, out of Andrew Luck, except he was broken down at that time. For a lot of us, even though when you look at some of the when you look at some of the replacement stats, it, he wasn't that better, but he seemed to really revitalize Philip Rivers as best as he could. Now, if you want to give credit to Sirianni, you want to do that fine. I'm, I'm not sure. We'll find out this year. I think Frank Reich's done a tremendous job, and I think that he has a chance to bring Carson Wentz back to form. I want to see what he does in 2021, and then if he does well in 2021, and I think he can with Frank Reich as long as he, you know, as long as he stays healthy. That's that's always the thing we have to say. Then I think in 2022 we can have that conversation. But as of right now, Connor, my friend, that is a work. Next. Work. All right, Ken, number two, staying with Carson Wentz. Just a few years ago, he was considered arguably the top young quarterback in the NFL. Fast forward a few years, and the Eagles only get a second and third round pick for him. This after the Rams just traded two first round picks and a third round pick in exchange for Matt Stafford. So can work or shoot. I know Carson Wentz struggled last year, but the Eagles got fleeced in this deal. They should have gotten more in return for Wentz. No, I think that's a work too. Work. Hey, I, listen, Matt Stafford. People, it's very Pat, Matt Stafford. Almost called him Pat Stafford, just like what they do. Matt Stafford is one of the guys who I think is very polarizing in the NFL, and I, I think it's unintentional. If I start talking about Matt Stafford, it really just depends on the day. People will say this is a guy you can win a Super Bowl with, or this is a guy who's who's beat, and you can't do anything with this guy anymore. And they will use Calvin Johnson. As that example. Now, Calvin Johnson is the only guy that people will use against him because I will always say, yeah, y- y- you need more than a great wide receiver. You need a good offensive line. You need an offensive line that stays healthy. You need a running game that's that's more than Joyke Bell. You need a stable coaching situation, which he never really had, save for like a year with Jim Schwartz. You need a stable front office, something he's never really had in Detroit. You need stable ownership where it's still in the same family, but – Something that's really he hasn't had in Detroit. You need those things. And I think Matt Stafford did his damnedest to be the leader of the Detroit Lions and truly be their franchise quarterback. I think that the Rams know this, and then there's a lot of people in the NFL who know this. And that's why they were willing to give up what they were willing to give up for Matt Stafford. But that doesn't mean that the Eagles got hoodwinked or bamboozled for what they got for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was telling them, and this is what turns me off against Carson Wentz again, Carson Wentz was telling them that he wasn't going to play with the Bears. Who wanted to invest in Carson Wentz? Who was really going to sit there and look at it and go, my coach might be up against the bandsaw. My situation might be there. I might need to cash in as soon as I possibly can. You were going to go to Carson Wentz? When there was the fake tweets that were going around about the Broncos getting Carson Wentz, Thank God I didn't retweet him, number one. And number two, I said, it just makes a ton of sense because, again, the Broncos are going for second best. Like, there was already storylines playing out in my head if they were to go after Carson Wentz. Everybody is wanting to see, and this is where the market's gone. Stafford's there. They give up a hefty price for Stafford. Deshaun Watson is still there. Why am I going to give up a ton for Deshaun Watson? Why am I going to give up a ton for Carson Wentz if, if Deshaun Watson is still out there? If I'm going to give up a ton, I'm going after Deshaun Watson. 
I'm not going after Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, for all those things that I just said, I just called the guy a bum. I just called the guy a stiff. Right now, he's those things. So if I'm going to give up multiple, multiple, multiple first-round picks, I'm calling Houston. I ain't calling Philadelphia. Lord. No, the Eagles got what they could get, and they should be happy with what they got. And hopefully they'll be able to turn it around. For an Eagles fan, you already won out because you already won the Super Bowl. So no matter what, nobody wins that argument against you. Next. Work. All right, I got worked into a shoot just answering that question. (laughs) You did. Jeez. Number three, Saints quarterback Drew Brees has not formally announced his retirement yet. And there are rumors that he's still thinking about a return next season. So social media has piled on, poking fun at the idea of him coming back and joking about his lack of arm strength as well. Even so, Breeze did win the division last year and got the Saints to the divisional round. So can work or shoot, Drew Breeze will actually put off retirement and return next season. <sighs> I want to say work, but I think, it's what, I, it, I think that's more of what I want instead of what I think he's going to do. His body's got to be telling him no. How's that song go? My mind's telling me no, but my body is telling me yes. It's the opposite. You know what? I'm going to say shoot. Shoot. He's not stupid. Your ego is your ego. Your love is your love. And he's allowed to have both of those things, but you, you can't be silly. I mean, the man is falling apart. Sean, uh, Sean, McVay, Sean Payton has basically told every, has said everything but that to the media. The Saints have said everything but have leaked everything but that to the media. You've had a remarkable career. You won a Super Bowl, you're a Hall of Famer, you're a record setter. Yeah, you play in the same generation as Tom Brady. Tom Brady made a lot of quarterbacks look worse. He made legends look worse during his time. And still is doing that. But you had a Hall of Fame career, you'd be a Hall of Famer, you're a beloved figure in in New Orleans. But we're at the end of it here. It's the same thing I say with Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know if he's beloved in Pittsburgh, but I'm sure he's very well liked. And ego is a very tough thing. It's very tough for us in a performance-based business, no matter what we do if we're in a performance-based business, to admit that we either need some help or that we've lost a step or it's it's time to hang him up. And this is a big chapter. The football is fun to play. Games are fun. And they've made this their lives. And I would imagine at a guy in his early 40s where you probably, if you're Drew Brees... If everything works out, you probably got a good 50 years left to live. What else do you do? What do you do? What what else gives you the fulfillment? But your body, Father Time, everybody is telling you it's time, including social media yesterday, including sports talk radio yesterday, where there was these weird rumors that I think somebody just seemed to make up, and people were outraged that Drew Brees would even have the stones to think about another year. We're begging you, man. We are begging you. We don't want to see another year of that. It's been a great career. Right off into the sunset as a legend. Next. Shoot. All right, Ken. Number four, former Steeler Ike Taylor recently said that Big Ben Roethlisberger should retire and that if he doesn't, he's setting the franchise back two or three years. Ben this year threw for 33 touchdowns and just 10 interceptions, was just shy of 4,000 passing yards, and led the Steelers to 12 wins. But their season ultimately came to an end against the Browns in the wildcard round. But can work or shoot? Ike Taylor is right. Big Ben should retire. 
Well, he's that's a shoot. He's right. Ike shoot. Taylor's right. I don't know if he's going to hold him back three to four years. I, if you're being held back three to four years, that's more Kevin Colbert's fault and more the Steelers' fault than it is Ben Roethlisberger's fault. But if you, if he were to retire now, well, if he were to retire now, think of it this way. What picks do they have? Could they use that for a quarterback? Possibly. Could they trade up, move up for a quarterback? Possibly. Or would they just see what they have in Mason Rudolph? I bet they'd, they'd see what they have in Mason Rudolph. Now, if I were the Steelers, I'd be on the horn every single day with Houston about trying to get Deshaun Watson in there and getting guys like me to just be worked into a shoot that I'll never be able to come back from ever again to have to deal with that guy in my same division for probably the next 10, 15 years. My sons will start graduating high school by the time it's all said and done for Deshaun Watson. So that'll be a problem that I have. Uh, for, For the Steelers, he needs to step away. They need to step away. They've made the tough decision with many legends of the past. And some of those legends, I remember Kevin Green, the late, great Kevin Green, and what he said about what Bill Coward told him before he ended up with another team. The same thing with Greg Lloyd. The same thing with Troy Polamalu. Terry Bradshaw was upset with them for a long time. Well, Terry Bradshaw is upset with everybody. Who knows where that guy can't get his head out of his ass anyway, so who the hell knows what he's talking about anymore. Uh, But the other players... They've been willing to make the tough decision on them. Ben Roethlisberger seems to be a little different, but it would probably be in everybody's best interest if he were to go away. You can't do what Tom Brady's done. You don't have the commitment to do what Tom Brady's done. He's changed his entire lifestyle. Ben Roethlisberger's a great football player, and I will always contend that if Ben Roethlisberger had the ethic, the work ethic that Tom Brady does, he would have taken two Super Bowls away from Tom Brady and put them in his own pocket. I contend he'd have four Super Bowls. But he still has two, and he's still a Hall of Famer. So if he won't make the decision, I think the Steelers need to make the decision for him. Is that it? Shoot. We have one more. Do you want to get to it really quickly? No, I want Brandon Marcello. We'll save gotcha. him. That's a fantastic rendition of Worker Shoot. You did a hell of a job there. Well done. Well done. Connor Green, kicking ass, taking names. 1.20 p.m. Eastern. The most satisfying, the most disappointing seasons of 2020. Up next, college football. We go, we finish the coaching carousel. Brandon Marcello going to join us. National College Football Reporter 24-7 Sports. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio right now. It's the latest sports update with Marco Belletti. You're listening to Ken Carmen. I'll stay. I also like to live dangerously. As you wish, sir. On CBS Sports Radio. Coming up at one, the the emerging quarterback market is finally taking shape. That's at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Joining us right now on the hotline, we got to get down to business. The coaching carousel is just about over. I mean, other pieces are starting to fall into place as assistants and everything. And I got a lot of questions about the transfer portal as well. Brandon Marcello joins us, National College Football Reporter, 24 7 Sports, at B Marcello on Twitter. Brandon, thanks for joining us today, my friend. Hey, no problem. Anytime. What coaching hire made the most sense, and why was it Gus Malzahn? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was a pretty pretty obvious hire to me and, and a great hire. You know, you listen, I mean, you're UCF. You're so used to getting coaches that are up-and-coming guys, and then you go, you know what? We can get a coach who has won a couple of SEC championships, has been to the national championship game a couple times, won one as a coordinator, has beaten Alabama three times, and he's on the market right now. 
And he's a guy who probably at this point, if he builds UCF into something and continue the success and maybe go beyond that, is not going to leave like a Josh Heupel or a Scott Frost. So I, I thought it was, uh, I mean, listen, it's as good of a hire as you could make uh, in the group of five. And considering UCF is probably the best program in the group of five, um, it just made a lot of sense to me. And what was it? Now, he gets the $21 million buyout, and doesn't he also get, what, $11 million for going to UCF? So this guy made, what, $32 million this offseason altogether? Yeah, it's incredible. You know, he, he got a immediate – he got an immediate uh, payout of about ten and a half million of that twenty-one million within thirty days of being fired. So he got that. So he pretty much got his full salary at UCF in his contract, just in one big direct deposit to his bank account uh, <laughs> early last month. So it's uh, that guy's rolling. Man, congratulations to him on all his success. Why did it? Why did things just get bogged down so much? At Auburn, was it was recruiting the problem? Which which part was it there, Brandon? Yeah, it was two. Well, I say two. There were several factors, but um, you know, recruiting had never really been issued. Though this past year, it, it really took a, a steep decline. I mean, they were getting top ten classes nearly every year, and then all of a sudden they're in the forties and the thirties heading into into November, and it was just kind of like, what's going on here? But also, there was the whole back, you know behind-the-scenes drama of people trying to wrestle away control and some power from Gus Malzahn when it came to play calling. I mean, the guy gave up play calling, I think, two or three times and then took it back over. Um, it, it was just a complete mess. But also, um, you know, something that probably doesn't get talked about a lot was development of players. There, there was a lot of criticism, and, and I think some of it quite warranted that a lot of players that came in as these five-star guys or four-star guys, they just never quite got developed beyond what they what they were when they came in. And that's a big issue because, you know, just because you sign up for a five-star doesn't mean they're going to perform like it on the field. And some of those guys, particularly on offense, just didn't live up to the hype. And a lot of people thought that was development. And that was something that went through his entire tenure, not just within the last few years. Brandon Marcello joining us on the show. What coaching hire made the least sense? Man, that's a great question. Um, hmm. Let me think here. What do you think? Let's go through some names. Um, okay. Uh, so many people told me, if we're, if we're continuing in the SEC, so many people told me Brian Harson, And I'm like, ah, just because he's an outside, just because he's from above the Mason-Dixon line does not mean that that's a horrible hire. Yeah. I, I, and I, and I, thought, I thought Brett Bielema, some people, well, you know, Big Ten retread. I'm like, no, 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 Brett Bielema makes sense. He'll, he'll grind it out and try to right. try to bring some guys back. I'm not asking for the world at Illinois. I'm asking for, what, eight wins every now and then? Isn't that what I'm asking for? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, to be honest, maybe the, the, the not the weirdest, but the hire that I, I just thought wasn't going to happen, um, I thought they would get someone else, honestly, was Shane Beamer at South Carolina. I know he got a big push from former players um, there, but considering some of the other people they were considering, whether it was Billy Napier at Louisiana, who ended up, I, I was told, not showing much interest in it, and then some other two coaches who were very interested in that job. I mean, not to take anything away from Shane Beamer, but, you know, Shane Beamer isn't a coordinator. He hasn't really been a coordinator yet, and yet you're hiring him to be the head coach. Not to say that won't work. Yeah. I think it's a very similar approach what South Carolina took this year 
and the way that they were influenced in making that hire to what Arkansas did last offseason when they hired Sam Pittman. I mean, everybody was going, who's Sam Pittman? He's this offensive line coach from Georgia who coaches and players love, and Arkansas players vouched for and were pushing for at Arkansas. But it was like, who is this guy? Why couldn't they get someone better? But it ended up working out, uh, at least here, um, you know, uh, with this first season, with them finally breaking that historic SEC losing streak. So maybe Shane Beamer will, you know, obviously work out at South Carolina. But that was the hire I, I kind of I scratched my head from the outside looking in. I, I thought they could get someone, you know, with a little bit more pizzazz and especially probably someone with an offensive background because they need to get back to that. They need, they need to do something special offensively after leaning on so many defensive guys in the past. I got to tell you this real quick. I don't want to belabor it here. It's got to, to me, I just thought of it. It's got to be Charles Huff, Huff at Marsh, uh, Marshall just because yeah. it's, and it's not because of him. It's like, well, you, you're getting rid of Doc Holliday because the governor doesn't like you. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's just that part seemed asinine to me, Brennan. But real quick, I, I got to move on to the transfer portal here. I want to ask you about this. It's been something that's been bumbling up, and there's a lot of big names, and I know you've written about it extensively. Extensively. Could we be seeing a problem? Are we already seeing a problem with a bottleneck situation where, you know, we give the players their freedom. They can move and they can go to other places, and, and they don't have to talk to coach anymore about going to other places. But now, am I reading this right, that there might be more players than there are scholarship opportunities and maybe the grass isn't as green as what they thought? Oh, yeah. I mean, this, is, this was something that I think a lot of people who knew <laughs> – going into this one before the transfer portal became a thing in 2018 was like, you know, a lot of kids are going to use this as an opportunity thinking I can really upgrade myself. And the vast majority, I mean, 90%, I mean, at least are not upgrading their position, so to speak. You're not going from say, you know, uh, you know, a Louisiana Lafayette to an Alabama. That's just not quite happening unless you're in a completely elite talent that is very obvious that you are an elite talent. And a lot of these guys are in the transfer portal thinking that, hey, you know what, um, the grass is greener on this other side. And it, it and not to say that it, it never is, but it almost never is. Um, and you're right. You're exactly right about the numbers game. There aren't enough scholarships for these guys out there. A lot of these guys have entered the transfer portal, and we're talking about some three- and four-star guys Yep. in the past few years that were great recruits coming in. And if they had just stayed at their school, would have continued starting and maybe could have done and, and improved and become better players and maybe gone to the NFL. They, they go to the transfer portal and their college football careers end. They don't even end up transferring anywhere to play football. And they're laughed at, you know, left out in the cold. It's, it's incredible. But <clears throat> at some point I would think it would kind of normalize itself because players – and there are people that they're listening to are going to go, listen, you know, Johnny, Johnny come lately over here two years ago. Remember what happened to him? That, that guy's not even doing anything right now. He didn't get to finish his, his college career somewhere. So at some point that's got to even itself out. I mean, the, 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 the cooler heads and the, and the smart people have got to figure that all out. But um, listen, we're, good, we're in an era now, and we're just at the start of it, where players are getting the power. And with name, image, and likeness coming up, um, I, I think that it'll become a little bit more complicated and to a point where I don't know if we'll be able to get our hands around it and quite understand it and, and help the players who get laughed out, left out in the cold. 
probably for another five, ten years because this is a very complicated matter. I got like 60 seconds. Can you tell me what will fix Tennessee for the first time in like 20 years? <clears throat> Patience. <laughs> um, and I know that's a word that everybody in the SEC hates. They need patience there. They need to allow Josh Heupel five years to kind of get things going there. And if it doesn't work out in five years, then move on. If it doesn't work out in three years, then let it go another couple years. Be patient. You weren't patient previously with any of these other coaches, and especially with the NCAA investigation and everything going on now, you need to give your coach that you've hired more time. And listen – Tennessee's a program that should be able to win, but the college landscape has changed with recruiting, and Tennessee needs to become more of a national program in recruiting to be able to contend. And they just kind of missed their window of opportunity in the late 90s to early 2000s, and they just bungled some hires and weren't patient, and and here they are. There there has been when they should be a uh, could be every year. We're going, could Tennessee be a national title contender or an SEC contender? And it's because of patience, the lack of patience. Be patient, and thing, good things will come. Follow him on Twitter, at B. Marcello. You're one of the finest. I'm looking forward to talking to you during spring ball. Brandon, take care. All right, thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Brandon Marcello, National College Football Reporter, 24-7 Sports. I mean, I'd love to be patient with Tennessee. I just know how Tennessee is. I'd love to be patient with the Vols. That's the whole reason why Jeremy Pruitt ended up. But that's why you're giving out money in, in, in fast food bags. Which that again, that is more that to me is more the fantasy of the guy giving away the money than the person receiving the money. There's other ways to do this. We have more ways of discretion than here's fast food bag full of money. Very odd. Coming up next, the emerging QB market, it's taking shape and freedom also means the power to make the wrong decision too. Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.